All right, this is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> we have a fantastic guest, Keaton Wilkerson. How are you, Keaton? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Uh, now, you know, folks, we're, we're doing a... F- Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, uh, and we had our uh, opening weekend, and Keaton, you are just, you're just an amazing singer. I mean, I, I cannot stress that enough, and folks who want okay, to come we're to hear, hear some it. today. Well, no, no, I, I want to I rest our voice, because, you know, Keaton, we were talking uh, during um, some of the rehearsals that yeah. we had been going on, you know, since... What is it? Memorial Day, right? Mm-hmm. Like six days mm-hmm. straight, mm-hmm. and I think you know you carry I think three or four of the very you know the heavy songs. Yeah, but I think you know one one song. The range is like I think A. <laughs> no, actually B. Yeah. B. Yeah. Yeah. That that goes up to like a B, and then it settles. It gets low at one point. Yeah. To probably mm-hmm. like a. It's like a low A flat, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it gets pretty, pretty low down to yeah. like a, an F. I would or say I would say three octaves, maybe three, maybe four octaves. Uh, I, would, I would say comfortable three. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, no, you have an incredible range, and we're, we're just having a lot of fun. And uh, I'm hoping that you're having a lot of fun too. I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm having a great time. This the whole process has been amazing, and. Just this, the music in the show is so much fun to just listen to and also sing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we'll talk more about that. As I begin now, we, we just did one Saturday, so it's only been a couple of days. Right. How, how's your weekend been, Norman? You know, I'm just starting. I was telling you before, while we were in the parking lot, I'm just getting nervous. We start rehearsals tomorrow for As You Like It. Mm-hmm. And so today was a costume fitting and apparently the director's got some ideas about what's going to happen. Things aren't solidified yet. So the first thing I got was just, you know, classic rustic costume. And then mm. she said, okay, well, let's try some stuff that's more modern now. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. like, okay. But <laughs> and what do you think of this tie? Um, I have no idea what we're going for. My personal design, you know, my, my taste in ties. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I found the vest I liked. I yeah. Like, I like this That's vest. <laughs> now, usually a customer won't even ask you. They're like, look, this is your stuff. Well, usually, yes, so she, they got some shirts, mm-hmm. and so I tried one on, and she said, I really like this shirt. I don't think I like this. She pulled the other one out and didn't even open it. She just said, mm-hmm. it's from the same company. I don't think I like this one. I think I like the one you have on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. it's comfortable. It's <laughs> wacky, which is supposed to work in playing touchstone. So, okay, okay yeah, that, that can work. And then she shows me a picture on her phone of the suit that isn't here yet. Mm. It would go with this suit. And I'm like, if you say so, I'm not a costumer. <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just their choices that have to be made, um, like any Shakespeare play. There are those horrible productions where people just sort of think they can pick up the script and just do it. But you really, the best productions make some very clear choices. Yes. Even if it's about staying true, whatever that means. You you know if you're going to go for a narrowly defined interpretation of the script one that's one way to go if you want to take it someplace else which is what we're doing you know all that stuff hopefully will be settled in the next few days so yeah. right now I'm just sort of antsy yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick question for you Keaton um, yeah. do you just do musicals or do you do like Shakespeare I as of right now I just do musicals okay and that was because I I kind of set up the 
precedent that I really enjoy doing musicals. Sure, so I'm yeah. going to do a musical here and then here, and then that just kind of snowballed into the fact that I'm doing musical after musical. Yeah. I do really enjoy Shakespeare. I would love to do that, but mm-hmm. I also haven't taken a Shakespeare class since, like, high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or other drama or comedy or, you know, like a... Right. Yeah. Well, just, like, new plays works. in general. Yeah, new works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to do new works. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, I just... I haven't really set up my career path in that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know me as a musical theater performer. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if a musical needs a person... Boom, That's there you are. Him. And if you got That's it, great. If, you, if you can, yeah. you know, yeah, and, you know, that right. what they call the double, and if you can dance a triple threat. Right. And those are the ones who really, really go far. Well, it's right. the thing I'm, so I'm also getting ready in about a week, a week from Wednesday, I will start a summer intensive. I'll do a high school summer intensive. Oh, cool. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out, talking to the other instructors and figuring out, wh- and it looks like actually... I'm going to be a little bit hands-off on this one, which is freaking me out. But, (laughs) um, you know, but there's things that you always say, okay, well, you want to bring this in, you want to bring that in. One of the things I want to bring into them is to not make a choice about where your career is going to go. Mm -hmm. If you've got options, then you can make a choice. But when it's the, oh, gosh, I'm a musical theater guy, but nobody's hiring right now, or, wow, there's an opportunity (laughs) to do this play over here, and they're actually ready to hire me and pay me. Go do that play. Exactly. Why, why not take that play? So I'm always trying to um, find examples, and my examples are all ancient, so that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You know, I can point to Meryl Streep, who's not technically ancient, but she has been around for a long, yeah. long time. Right. But um, her class, there were all kinds of people like, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, Kevin Klein, I think. Um, there are a bunch of people that were in within a few years of her when she was doing her training. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're all names that people would know. And I'm like, but when you're in class, you don't know. So I've said, look at the kid next to you. That might be the next Meryl Streep or whatever. Yeah, that's And right. then the other example I use is um, I grew up on the Beverly Hillbillies with mm-hmm. Jed Clampett, right? Uh, yeah. Buddy Epson. Mm-hmm. I read something or heard something at one point yeah. about Buddy Epson. Um, I don't, I don't think he knows the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> oh, it was just a silly TV yeah. show. Yeah, um, uh, you know, um, a bunch Crazy of 60 sitcom, what is it? Yeah. Um, they, 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 okay. The theme t- song tells you they they discovered oil on their property and they became yeah. millionaires. So they moved to Beverly Hills before the Fresh Prince. Yeah, they did it. And they were competing with Green Acres. That was another Green show Acres that was dealt a spin with off. that. Yeah. Oh, is that right? It was okay. A spin-off. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that and Petticoat Junction. Yeah. We're both spinoffs of that show. Okay. Um, yeah. Weird stuff. Uh, it turns out Buddy Epson had been up for the Tin Man in the original Wizard of Oz movie. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? He plays Jed Clampett. He plays a hillbilly. How could he be up for <laughs> So then I start looking. It turns out this man started his career as a song and dance man. He was known as a tap dancer. Mm-hmm. And wow. um, had actually, if you look at the early Shirley Temple movies, mm. you see him. He plays like a one of them. He's like the butler guy. Hmm, oh. Interesting. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. So imagine you're that guy. And yeah. somewhere in your career, suddenly somebody says, well, you want to do this TV show? You're going to play a <laughs> hick? And you're like, hell yeah. How much are you paying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it is amazing how the people like, you know, like for Game of Thrones fans, mm-hmm. Leanna, mm-hmm. Leanna or Leanna mm-hmm. was the woman, the sexy woman who was in um, The Avengers, the Avengers television show of the 60s. Dinah uh, Rigg? Yes. Oh. Ooh. 
The Dino Rig, Ooh. if you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, buddy. So it's Be- amazing. Before I even knew how to have <laughs> wet dreams, I was already having wet dreams about that girl. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. So it's amazing. It's wonderful how these careers can last a long time. And sometimes you have to do things that you, I mean, Betty White was, you know, mm-hmm. once a bombshell right. in the 40s. Right. And but now, I but her career still, still going. A bombshell. Well, sure, you know, she's in a too. geriatric <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> hey, at ninety, I want to be. I want to be as energetic and. Well, as, and then the know, other one, um, sure. I went to, um, and then it came up when we were doing birthday shout outs. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys I went to college with used to look a little bit like a young Bruce Willis, okay. back when Bruce Willis was young. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis started losing his hair, right? And he went through that period where he had the little comb wisp- over. Comey thing. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. quite a comb over, but it was. Okay. He was definitely doing a lot with a little. Sure, sure. And he got past that. Die hard, right? He stopped yeah. doing that. Yeah. And once he shaved the head, it's a totally different look. It's yeah. a to- so, again, mm-hmm. that suave young actor who's mm-hmm. doing moonlighting yeah. and, you know, heartthrob across America yeah. is not the wisecracking, you know, ex cop, whatever. Yeah. You know. And that, get, that can get into the actor redefining themselves yeah. when you. You're used to playing one particular role mm-hmm. in one particular style, and then all of a sudden you realize, and you have to be honest with yourself, hey, I'm changing. I'm right. not that person anymore. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I've got to be honest, look in the mirror, and start redefining my career based on who I am Actors now. Actors that I've respected, like Luke Perry, who I did not respect initially, mm-hmm. but the way he took his career after yeah. Beverly Hills and Nine, whatever. Sure, sure. The way the he took his Brad career Pitt after thing, that. Yeah. And uh, Brad Pitt is another one. Yeah. Started yeah. off as a pretty boy mm-hmm. and immediately started taking these weird, quirky roles. Yeah. So instead of writing him off as, oh, God, it's another one where the women in the audience are just going to be <laughs> in love. <laughs> a pretty boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Instead, you're going, wow. So yeah. when he gets to play a heartthrob, he's sincerely, deeply a heartthrob, but yeah. usually it's a character who's got something else going on. Yeah. If you get it to be an actor who has those options, oh, yeah. if you're I mean, an actor I, who just does one thing yeah. for 30 years... Yeah, you, you're going to be out of the business you know, very, very quickly. Well, I no, think there about, are a few. Yeah. But well, it's tough you know, playing that one-dimensional role if you mm. can't do it. But I think right. about Matthew McConaughey. I used mm. to just hate Matthew McConaughey. Really? Because okay, he was another pretty boy. Another pretty boy, boy and then all of a sudden, he starts doing these really serious roles. These edgy. Edgy yeah. roles. And um, I remember Amistad. And I remember, um, what was it? It was a free free state of Jones, free city of Jones, free oh. state of Jones. It was a post-reconstruction story right. about this guy who's trying to keep this particular city, I think in Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, Ku Klux Klan free. Right. Uh, it, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's really in my wheelhouse or whatever. I'm like, right. wow, McConaughey is doing this? Right. That's amazing. So in any case, let's jump into this couple of current events that have okay. been going on. That have on. managed to happen. <laughs> but, uh, England! Trump, well, yes, Trump is in England, <laughs> and the GOP lawmakers are discussing a vote to stop Trump's tariffs on Mexico. No, I didn't know that. Yeah? Yay! The vote, which would be Republicans' most dramatic act of defiance mm-hmm. since tr- Trump took office, could also block billions in border wall funding. Right. Now, this is straight-up news. I don't know anything right. about this, but I didn't know that Trump was trying to uh, tariff Mexico to get them to pay The The, for, uh, uh, the yeah. economy tanked. Yeah. As soon as he started talking about that, boy, yeah. the economy just went bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stupid, stupid idea, and nobody. And this is the th- this is the place. 
where we can see the amazing ability of the GOP to twist themselves in knots to try mm-hmm. and explain why something that really doesn't make any sense makes sense. Yeah. This time they have it. This time they just sort of shut up about it, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear some of them are stepping yeah. up. Well, I mean, you know, we've had so many Democrats. I think uh, Pelosi and Kamala Harris and a bunch of other mm-hmm. uh, Democratic candidates, they were at a – I think it was in San Francisco. It was – well, yeah. It was a convention. It was a convention. And people were just yelling, impeach, impeach. Impeach, impeach, impeach. Right. And I said to myself, it doesn't matter how many Democrats want to impeach. you got to get the Republicans to want to impeach as well. No, you don't. Nixon. Yeah. But the Republicans were involved in that, too. um, um, And Clinton. Yeah. Yeah, there was no way the Democrats were going to go for that. But it has to be bipartisan. That's what I'm saying. Right. But it didn't. It still had its effect. Yeah. What it did for the Clinton thing, Clinton came out of it, as mm-hmm. he will. Yeah. Clinton will survive. But uh, but the party lost the next election cycle. That's right, to Bush. Yeah. But so this is – you feel the ice is cracking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, Keaton, can, are you – do you consider yourself a millennial? Would you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't – you're not over 30, right? No, I'm not. Okay. So, I mean, as, as a younger person, and we've had younger persons on, mm-hmm. what do you think about the political climate? I mean, you know, you're a voter, and, you know, you have, you know, your voice yeah. is, is just as... as um, it's all your fault. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I would not say that at all. But how do you feel about what's going on in the age of Trump? I mean, how have you been surviving and all that stuff? Everything has just been really sad. Mm-hmm. It's all of, the, all of the news is just, it's so, it, I just, it's... I can't believe that we're going through this right now, yeah. right. that this person actually got in power, mm-hmm. and as to be expected, he's abusing this power, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and every day I feel like I'm just waking up to something mm-hmm. new. Yeah? There okay. That's perfect. Ooh. Yeah. There it is. Um, but yeah, every day I feel like you're waking up to something Right. New. That's yeah. something just more horrible than the day before. Yep. Yeah. And we always think, how can it get worse? And then it keeps getting worse. No. Yeah. We have to stop asking that question and just assume that we should get ready. To, yeah. To defend against something worse. Is it something that you talk about amongst your friends or whatever? I mean, there are some folks who are directly affected by what's going on. Right. Especially, I have friends of mine who are not born in America and they have to look at their visas. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there was right. an article today about oh. Chinese Chinese students. Who are worried that their visas will be revoked, mm-hmm. uh, although they're here, you know, legally, and mm-hmm. you know they're not, they don't pose a threat or anything like that. I but heard a story today that um, they're cutting. Um, oh, what was it? Um, healthcare for children. Yeah, the numbers have dropped like a hundred thousand. Oh no! Because and they said one of the reasons they think is because immigrant people are staying away from institutions because mm. they don't want to mm. get snatched. Yeah. 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 But is it something? Is it something that your friends talk about, or in the beginning, yes, we yeah. talked about it a lot, and then it got to the point where it's just we're tired of talking about the same horrible things over sure, and over and sure. over again. Yeah, and instead of just talking about the problem, it's talking about where are we going from here. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's more conversations of moving forward. Yeah, and making sure that. This never happens again. <laughs> Amen to that. No, that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And we forgot to mention on the last podcast, this is Pride Week. I mean, I'm sorry, this Pride is Pride Month. Pride Month. <laughs> we get a whole month. That's which, exactly which right. Dublin, which Dublin got mad about. What? Well, if you're going to do <laughs> that, and, and it was so funny, the list they came up with, well, there needs to be this and this and this. And I was like, there, there already is. Have you heard of Christmas? He's, he's, he's worried about Pride Month. I mean, you one month. 
Why do they get a month? Veterans only get one day. Oh, for goodness sake. Why, why, why do they get a month? I mean, we're, if we go down this path, everybody else is going to get it. And he came up with this weird litany, this weird list of all the different people. And I was like, I just wanted to cherry pick the list and go, well, they already get it. And they get it. You heard it say, okay, St. Patrick's Day, they get one day. Yeah, okay. We, 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 could, we could drink for longer than one day. We could do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading, uh, so th- this is the, bad, the last thing for current events, and it's always okay. bad, bad things. I want to try to find good things. but <laughs> Well, there's but the baby blimp. The baby blimp is back up. That's oh, blimp. yeah, yeah, in, 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 London. In, in London, yeah. The baby blimp, what's that? <laughs> there's a, a blimp of Trump as a baby. It's been, that, they, yes. They've had it, yes. and they got it the first visit. That was when mm-hmm. they created it, the first mm-hmm. time he tried to go. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, it. did you hear about Trump apparently dissing um, – Okay. Meghan Markle oh, for yeah, because Meghan Markle in uh, 2016, this mm-hmm. is just when Trump was getting elected, right. had said, listen, I have problems with the president. I think he's misogynistic and whatever, right. which is mm-hmm. true. And Trump basically said, well, I didn't know she was so nasty. Right. And, and then denied it. Had his people deny it. Really? Denied and, that he said it. And, and it's on tape. No, 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 no. He, he tweeted out yeah. that he never said that. And so everybody is oh responding to the gosh. tweet with the original tweet. Yeah. Oh, or no, with tweeted. the quote. With, with the, the quote. quote. Yeah. The, the tweet says, I never said, I never called her nasty. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's just taking the quote from the interview and going, bam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trump is just, you know, he, he's, I, I don't know, he's just crazy. Yeah. Okay. Assassination <laughs> no, no, let's not talk about that. <laughs> All right. Let's get into an origin story. Uh, Keaton Wilkerson. <laughs> Um, so how did you get involved in theater? Wh- where are you? Are you a native of the Bay? I am native of the Bay, born and raised. Right on. I, where? Where? Uh, over in Antioch. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, born and raised in Antioch. I went to school out there through high school and, uh, yeah, through high school. And then I went to DVC for, uh, for three years mm-hmm. for my, the beginning of my undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then I went down to, uh, University of California, Irvine, for mm-hmm. my last two years to finish my nice. undergrad, which was this uh, last summer. Mm-hmm. So I just cool. moved back and then in what? In doing what? what? On. What were you majoring in? Oh, in theater, in drama. I got my Fantastic. Not, but not undergrad. musical theater? Just not musical theater because they have a musical theater BFA. And right. if I wanted to stay for the BFA program, I would have had to stay for an extra year, and uh, I didn't want to do six years for my undergrad. Right. Yeah, I yeah. hear you. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older brother, and an older brother named Tanner, and mm-hmm. he's six years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I have a younger brother, Cooper, that is six years younger than me. Wow, three boys. <laughs> yep. Uh, all, th- all three involved in theater or music? No, no. I was definitely the, like, artistic outcast of the family. Okay. Everybody else was sports. Okay. You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, yeah, everybody else did sports. Uh, my older brother has played, like, every sport that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my younger brother, he's played a lot of sports he's settled in with rugby and wow yeah so <laughs> he's massive Jeez. he's mm-hmm. 18 he's six foot six one mm-hmm. he's just a brick wall uh-huh. wow yeah he's uh he actually just graduated from de la salle oh. uh-huh. yeah and he's going off to oregon state uh next uh-huh. in the fall mm-hmm. wow that's fantastic yeah and he's going there for rugby yeah <laughs> what what <laughs> Well, hey, yeah. he, he's a rough dude. Um, <laughs> what do your parents do? My parents have been self-employed for okay. 
their and like um, their adult life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dad, he runs a commercial glass business mm-hmm. over in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, and it's called Commercial Glass and Aluminum. Aluminum, mm-hmm. and they work on just like the big. Mm-hmm. commercial buildings. We, we haven't gotten business plugs. This will be cool. We're moving into new territory. Sure, oh. why not? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> if you need, hey, you know, if you uh, need, what, what does he do again? <laughs> commercial glass. Commercial yeah. glass, that's right. If you need commercial glass, hit up Keaton, yeah. and he'll connect you to his dad. <laughs> and he gets a percentage. Yeah, sure. No, that's only fair. That was totally, like, not planned. <laughs> Let me just, like, plug my dad's business right now. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But, uh, no, that's fantastic. No, honestly, one of the things we love on the show is to just show the sort of humanity of this work. It's, yeah. You know, it's easy to focus about what happens on stage. Yeah. Right? But we all have lives. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's right. What about your mom? My mom, uh, so... Actually, before the commercial business, they had another business where they were working like side by side, and and then once they had like started having kids, mm-hmm. my mom for a while was a working mother, but then by the time my younger brother came into the picture, she, um, she was fortunate enough to ha- be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, so she's been doing that for the last like quite a few years now. So. Yeah. Now, music, because I've been dying to ask you this, but yeah. what music did you listen to when you were young? Because, mm-hmm. you know, what we we put out, you know, as artists, mm-hmm. only what we have taken in. Right. Mm. So, um, and I imagine you, you've had to listen to a wide variety of music. Um, My <laughs> <laughs> the go-to music that I listened to as a child was 80s music. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I love... I. I just, one, loved 80s music, but two, my parents, that's like when it was on Sundays when we were cleaning the house. Right. It was, they turned on 80s music. Mm -hmm. So, and it was a a mix of like 80s rock and then the more of like the 80s like pop music and Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. So it was a, it was a wide variety of the 80s. Yeah. Like U2 or Sting or The Police. um. Yeah. All of it. And then even like um, Tom Petty thrown in there. Yeah. Um, And... Heads. Yes, all, like all of it. Any, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I ask because you know there's songs like I think of Madrid, and they're like riffs that a lot of folks just can't do. Um, Madrid <laughs> is my mama. Yeah. I mean, you can do it way better than I can. <laughs> and a lot of folks just can't do that. I mean, you know, I remember listening to my dad. You know, my dad would. My dad's a singer. He's right, right there. Mm-hmm. And I remember. Um, he was listening to Donny Hathaway. I don't even know if you know who Donny Hathaway is. But I've heard the name. But he, he just fantastic singer. Maybe died tragically. 60s, yeah. Yeah. And my dad would listen to, there's a famous song he does, singing um, a song for you. I'm sure you know the song, uh, Norman. Um, I love you in a place where there's no place on time. Mm-hmm. And my dad would listen to a riff and just play it over and over again on his record to try to get the riff right. Right. We <laughs> were alone. No. We were alone. And he'd just do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that it just takes – you have to – you have to have it, and you have it. You most Thank definitely you. have it. Thank I mean, you. Madrid is just, you know, it's just right there. So in any case, um, what type of – did you – were you involved in musicals when you were in uh, college? I was. I I really started musical theater in high school. Okay. Oh, okay. That's where it started for me because before high school, it was – it was – Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was during uh, – yeah. Before high school, it was just like – a lot of doing the like fairy tale plays and there they oh, weren't uh-huh. they weren't musicals and mm-hmm. like I was like either a prince or I was a king uh-huh. and, 
Like right. simple stuff like that. And sure. that's how I like started into all of that. Oh, yeah. Cool. So by the time by the end of eighth grade I was like, I'm gonna be the next like serious actor. Yeah. I'm yeah. here to do all of the drama, all yeah. of that stuff. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and and I didn't even know that I could sing mm-hmm. and I didn't know that I could dance, any mm-hmm. of that fun stuff. Yeah. And then Do you remember what your first show was? My first show was the Pied Piper. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was the Pi- I was in the Pied Piper mm-hmm. and I was <laughs> Just finishing up with first grade uh-huh. when oh, that happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just finished up with first grade, and my my big shining part was I was one of the kids that was not taken by the mm. Pied Piper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. So that was that was intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when did when did you first know that this is my thing? This is I have a serious talent. You know, like when did you you know someone did someone just tell you? Listen, Keaton, you've got to do this. This this is your thing. Not really. It was. It wasn't until high school was when I really started getting into training in it. Mm-hmm. Where because before high school it wasn't much of training. It was like a lot of just like, here's a script, memorize lines, stand on the stage, say the line, mm-hmm. end yeah, of show. Yeah, yeah. So it was very formulaic in that way. Mm-hmm. And but it served its purpose because I moved forward from that and then started getting real training. Mm-hmm. And it was in the real training where it was like. Oh, I'm getting a positive response from people, so I guess people are liking what they're seeing, what yeah. they're hearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is something that I could move forward in, mm-hmm. but I don't think I really felt solid in it until I got to college. Mm-hmm. When I was like, okay, I made the decision. I've I've started this in first grade. Yeah. I've really only put all my eggs into this one basket mm-hmm. ever since first grade. So, and I decided to major in it in college. So. This is like this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is what it is. Now, was that a tough conversation with your parents? I mean, there are a lot of parents like, "Whoa, you're doing theater." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm f- fortunate. My parents they are very supportive of cool. everything that I that I am doing. Yeah, and uh, and because they just keep stressing the fact of like, "You're young, do it now." Yeah, and and if you're gonna live the live the actor lifestyle where you wait tables and that's it and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, they're like, "Do it while you're young," because mm-hmm. like your body's not going to be able to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's fascinating because usually parents do the opposite. They're like, oh, no, 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 don't waste your youth. You know, jo- you know, focus, get a, get something steady now. Mm-hmm. Right. And like be a doctor a or whatever of, it is. And, and then, yeah. you know, if once you've settled, then you right. can whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's very cool. You know, I think your parents are very, they're very hip and it's wonderful that they, right. you know, they convince you to, you know, they supported you to do right. your thing. Yeah, they're pretty awesome people. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what... I'm always interested in technique. I mean, did you learn when you were in college uh, mm-hmm. any techniques like um, the Meisner technique or method acting or Stanislavski beats objectives, that sort of stuff? It, um, I feel like I got a, a kind of a mix mash of, of different training and a mm-hmm. lot of like like we based it in this like from this person, mm-hmm. but then it kind of like molded into like their philosophy of that original person. Sure. So I think the person that it goes back to the most is Stanislavski. Sure. I think across the board is what I've gotten the most, or it's like versions of Stanislavski. Yeah. So, and really just the, like, the beats, the intentions, and all that stuff. And, and one thing they stressed a lot at um, Irvine mm-hmm. was truth. Mm-hmm. Got it. Where before, before Irvine, it was, it was, there was technique and there was all the steps and it was the process and it was all of that. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't until I really got to Irvine that they were like, okay, yes, there are all the steps. There is everything that you do, mm-hmm. but make sure you're 
being truthful. Yeah. So yeah. because the, those steps, all of that won't mean anything. Right. Because you can fake all of those steps. Right. And you can go yeah. up there and give a fake performance that looks really good. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that fire from within, the, yeah. the, those bubbles, that mm-hmm. whatever you're feeling is coming from there, yeah. mm-hmm. then uh, it's like, then why are you on stage? Like, yeah. why are you not telling a truthful yeah. story? Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question for you, Norman. Mm-hmm. Have you dealt, because, you know, you, you've directed, you know, many, many people. Is truth important to you? In other words, if someone can fake it on stage really well as a director, do you care? Oh, of course I care. Yeah. But, um, you know, what you hopefully can tell is what somebody can achieve and what they can't. Mm-hmm. And you shape the show around that because that's you got. That's your mm-hmm. talent pool. Yeah. You, you can't go out and replace that person. You're mm-hmm. stuck with them. So, right, right. And I've complained about it any number of times because <laughs> I, I think until the day I die, I will never forget. We needed an old man for a crotchety janitor role. Okay. We couldn't find anybody. We finally, like third or fourth round of auditions, this guy comes in and – He's quirky and weird, and, and he's reading the side and in the middle of it. Like, he misses the joke on the page. But as soon as it comes out of his mouth, he goes, wait. And he reads it again. He says, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the producer was over the moon. She was like, oh, my God, this guy is perfect. That's the character. And I'm like, no, oh, my God, this guy is the character. This is not perfect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Because told, he doesn't know what, what he's doing. He doesn't. Well, right. He no filter, no mm-hmm. no skills, no technique. Right. He's just he's just what he is is what he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I knew that it would work for the show, but uh, and I've told the story before. Uh, mm-hmm. There were two actors who had to, it was a the main thing was a love triangle, mm-hmm. and it was all set around a gallery. So one guy is at the gallery. The girl has been volunteering there, and that's how she met him. So she's coming to meet him one day. Um, he walks, yeah, he walks out. He's oh, he got a phone call or something, and I have to go meet these people. If you Mm -hmm. see Janet or whatever her name was, tell her, you know, I'm sorry I had to miss her. They have a brief little conversation about, so you get the feeling that, oh, he is starting to have feelings for her. That's cute. That's nice. Yeah. Old guy. (laughs) And he walks off stage, and he sees her, and she says, how's it going? Because there were nights where he would go up. Uh He would just go up. And he was such a veteran of the stage that he knew not to go, oh, crap, I, I just went up. Yeah. He would stick with his character and he would look at you like it's your line mm. and so people's friends the actors friends would come and see the show and they're like that old guy is so amazing you guys look like you were having a little trouble tonight but that old guy is really good <laughs> <laughs> so this one particular night the first actor walks off and he tells her oh god he is in rare form tonight so she comes out they start doing the scene and somewhere in there, he jumps like a page and a half. And she realizes it, and she is skilled enough that she figures out what information they need. She figures out how to get them back on track. They get back in, and they're running through the rest of it when suddenly they're repeating that section where he had jumped. She sees the look in his eyes as he realizes we've already said that and what had just happened. She saw his brain start to click, and she just yelled her next line at him. And that startled him, and he just stumbled out his next line, which was her exit line, and she got off stage. I was so proud of her. <laughs> The but no, yeah. no, you know, truth Truth is wonderful, and truth is what we should aim for. Mm-hmm. Truth is truth is what makes it work for an audience. Truth yes. Is, right. I, when you were mentioning that, I, what came to mind for me is I've been doing these video auditions. I hate them. Oh, they're the worst. I ha- well, I get attention for them, and that's nice, but I'm like, okay, y'all know that you are pushing me towards film. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
because if I do a good, I could pay somebody to do this for me to, you know, film this and mm-hmm. make sure I look good and, you know, and cut. Let's do that again and blah 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 blah. I'm doing it the same way I would do it in an audition. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I may end up taking you know half a dozen takes to right. try and get it right. Um, but I'm crafting it as I'm doing it. So this is not anybody else's product. This is mine. Mm-hmm. But I know that I could pay somebody who could film me and mm-hmm. make me look good. And I know that I could get somebody to coach me so that I sounded good. And that's not what they're going to hire. Right. They're going to hire whoever it is I am, really. That's who's going to walk in. You want to see that truth. You want to mm-hmm. see what the person can really do and what they be. On the other hand, if I've made all the, tr- I've gone to all the trouble to make a perfect little video, mm-hmm. I'm not going to send it out someplace else because <laughs> it's made, it, it exists, and I like it. And I, yeah. I can watch it and right. not be yeah. upset. Exactly. And and the thing about truth is, I mean, as a actor who needs to get something, and I had to deal with this with before <coughs> the dream, um, <coughs> directed by you, yeah. uh, where. <laughs> I'm trying to get something from the fellow actor that I'm working with, you know, a scene. And I can tell the person is just waiting for their lines. They're like, right, you know, just looking, looking, uh, looking. Okay, uh, here's my cue. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah. oh, for God's sake, I'm just acting to a – I'm dialoguing with a wall. You yeah. may as well be, right. And yeah. it's just an absolute killer. Speaking of videos, have you had to do video uh, auditions Yeah, you before, did have a reaction to that. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, that's, that's one thing we learned in school was the whole, like – art of recording yourself Mm -hmm. and because in our where we're at like in the generation and moving forward with technology yeah a lot of auditions are turning to video submissions and which like they do serve a great purpose because then you don't have to like stand in a long line Mm -hmm. or you can audition stuff for stuff that you're not in that area right now, but you can travel to that area. Right. So you're not traveling to that area for an audition and then coming back here to then going back out of there if you get the job. Mm-hmm. So they're really good. I Just what I don't like about them is that you lack the person-to-person connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because you're acting to a camera or if you have someone reading lines with you, that's great. But they don't get to like see and feel mm-hmm. your energy, the people on the uh, on the that's production exactly team. Right. right. Yeah. So, and that's so much of what theater is is right. that synergy between audience and stage. Mm-hmm. That that's part. That's one of the things that you're like seeing. You're testing out when you're in the audition room. Like, do they have that? Right. That X factor. That's beyond yeah. talent. <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. That thing when they walk into the room you light up for no reason. You don't know why. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and you want something like that on stage because when they walk out on stage and they're playing a young love interest and the audience out of nowhere is just going to go, oh, mm-hmm. and they light up and they feel happy. They feel warm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the stuff. And like, that's what we're missing in yeah. video submissions. Yeah. And another thing I hadn't thought about as a, from a director's perspective, you can't coach the person who you're auditioning. You can't uh-huh. say, Okay, listen, that's wonderful. Now, can you do it again? Right. This time, I don't know, um, as if you're high on meth- methamphetamine or something like that. <laughs> well, that's the last audition. Yeah. I, I got a call back. And, sure. And, yeah, he asked for three adjustments. Mm-hmm. And I'm smart enough about this now. I'm, I'm experienced enough to know, oh, okay, it's not did I get it right or did I get it wrong. Mm-hmm. He wants to see if he says move to the left a little, if I can actually move to the left mm-hmm. or am I stuck? 
Or if do I move to the left and everything falls apart? Right, right. <laughs> Which is okay as a director. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If I see right. that, then I know, okay, if I push you too far that way, I need to make time and space mm-hmm. for refig- you know, reconstructing it. it. Yeah. Right. And it's important as from a director's perspective, you know, speaking to Norman, to know that an actor can take adjustments and can take yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you, if they can't, to no. know, okay, I really need to shape my rehearsal process around that. Right, right, exactly. Or not deal with that person at all. And also with video submissions, one thing you don't get to is the interaction with the other people in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of times that that you get to kind of see who a person really is. Because, yes, auditions, you get to see who the person is, but they're also putting on – Putting the like best foot forward, sure, right. yeah. And some people don't even think about the fact that when they're in the lobby waiting to go f- in for their audition, mm-hmm. they're also being watched, right? Yeah. So and Good so point. in that you get to see kind of who people really are. How yeah. are they How dealing they with the stress, with the nerves, yeah. and mm-hmm. all of that? Mm-hmm. So and with video submissions, it's just like here's an email. Right. You have no yeah, idea exactly. who this person is. <laughs> or, right. or who's even checking it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or how it old or how old that that video may be. I'm getting <laughs> oh, a right. year old video. Well, mm-hmm. just like headshots. Yeah. I'm oh, getting yeah. used to um, like I've been doing it through Google Drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you just share the link. Yeah. But I had to learn a couple things. One, you gotta change the settings so that it's not just you can edit. You don't want anybody going in and messing with your thing. <laughs> oh sure. Um, but also do you want them to be able to share it? Because that was the first response I got when I sent one out. I wanted to show this to somebody else, but I can't. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I had to go and figure that out. I was like, oh, okay. It's pretty simple. Yeah. But just knowing that. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. I know when I send one out, I automatically set it up and I mm-hmm. make it sure is, that it I check fasc- the right boxes. Yeah. It is fascinating, the theater and art and technology, how it's all mixing together and how the right. rules sort of change and you have right. to sort of readjust. Mm-hmm. I imagine for older actors, they're like, wow, I, I thought I had my headshot and I have this and right. I've got to do this other stuff. I've got to learn how to do Google Drive and all oh, that sort of don't. stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure right. younger folks are like, hey, it's no big deal. Like, you know, people are using Instagram and Twitter right. to, you know, promote themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wanted to ask about musical training. Have you had, I'm sure you've had voice training, right? Yeah. I, I've had voice training in all through high school, mm. um, uh, a little bit while I was at m- the junior college over mm-hmm. at DBC, and then and then yeah I've had I with with the like musical theater classes that they offered at mm-hmm. Irvine mm-hmm. they the like advanced class is also comes with private voice lessons yeah so then I had those for the two years mm-hmm. yeah because I'm thinking a lot of musical teachers will. Based on what you give them, they may point you in a particular direction like, oh, I see you in opera. We've mm-hmm. had a, a several opera singers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of names. Uh, but w- when I did Candide, there were several individuals who used to do just straight musicals, and then they you know, went into uh, opera. And they, they were opera singers. Right. Mm-hmm. Carrie Ann Roscoe, I can yes. think of, and Anna Yoham. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, J- I, dog, dog, I can't think of his name. In any case. But they sort of transition. Hey, opera's not really doing it for me. Let me mm-hmm. jump into musical theater. Oh, but were you pointed into a particular? Like, did someone say, "Hey, you should do opera," or you should do, um, I mm-hmm. don't know, a particular style? Uh, particular particular style. Yeah, I had uh, for my early college years. Mm-hmm. It was um, they were like, "Oh, you would be really great in the Golden Age musicals," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because I have that older classical sound mm-hmm. and 
either like my singing style has changed or because of the times and what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. my voice is just kind of I'm adapting to what is around me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And because in my later college years, they were like, well, like you could do golden age musical theater, but where I think you really live is in contemporary musical theater. Sure, sure. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'll do whatever I can get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Especially, and we were talking about how musical theater is changing as we speak. I mean, Lynn yeah. manuel Miranda, like mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing, I keep on hearing about In the Heights. You know, I, I you know, right. it, like I think the first time I heard about In the Heights was when Plethos did it. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe well, a yeah, year or so I, ago. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, In the Heights is what. But now I'm hearing Lynn manuel Miranda is pushing it onto Broadway, and he's, there's going to be a. A movie about it, and oh, right. he's yeah, the movie. It's, oh. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and there's just a new age of musicals, you know, mm-hmm. where it mixes rap and hip hop, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. mixing all sorts of these different styles. It's just like Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, I think, in the '80s mm-hmm. when he introduced a new style of musicals, yeah. which is very different from, let's say, Rodgers and Hammerstein, and Rodgers right. and Hart, and yeah. Cole Porter, and even Sondheim. Right. So it's fascinating. It's uh-huh. it's a, it's a fascinating. Um, and I'm sure there'll Era. be other, you know, yeah. Kinky Boots I'm, I'm thinking about, which is another, you know, musical yeah. that's very, very different in style. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so it sounds like, you know, you have very varied styles. So if, if, you know, so you could be cast in different things. Right. And that's honestly, that's what I'm hoping for. Like mm-hmm. I have my like, this is kind of what I'm doing all the time. Sure. My like my wheelhouse of characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I my job is to be as adaptable as possible right. mm-hmm. because I don't like, I love musical theater and I would do musical theater theater for the rest of my life if I could. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not, I feel it's not up to me to say where it goes. Mm-hmm. I just present the effort sure. and the talent. And if people want me there and if I can be there, right. great, I right. will do it. Yeah. Right. I hear you. I totally hear you. Um, are you having, let's talk about Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown. Of uh, so you, is this your first time working at Town Hall? It is. First time. Right mm. on. And uh, have you enjoyed it? I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I love Town Hall. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, starting there, just everyone is so nice and so warm and yeah. inviting. And that was, that was the coolest part right there that I was like, wow, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like. I really enjoy everybody on this team. Yeah. So, and then I'm like really getting to meet the cast and the cast, it was mm-hmm. filled with great people and I'm like making lifelong friends, which is also mm-hmm. a great benefit because mm-hmm. I'm not doing shows to make friends, but mm-hmm. if I make some like friends that are more than just like acquaintances or show friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's a huge bonus. Yeah. I think town hall has done a really, really good job combination with Susan Evans mm-hmm. and also Susie Shepard who does more of the promotion. Oh, okay. they really bring diversity, you know, into the cast. And mm-hmm. I think that was one of the major points that Don wanted to do Right. to right. not just have, you know, like, you know, th- there are white actors that, you know, like, um, a bl- African American actor, mm-hmm. they're Filipino, uh, actors. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of great diversity, Latino, Right. Actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and also, you know, Susie's done an excellent job just, you know, pushing the word out. I mean, we've had fantastic audiences. Great. And that's usually been the biggest problem with a lot of theater, sure. getting people right. in. Right. Uh, so I think Town, Town Hall, they're, they're, they have a wonderful mix of creating well, a wonderful And they have a good relationship with that, with that community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get a lot of support from that community, which is right. great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and our, our preview, yes. our, our second preview, yes. set Town Hall, like, a record for Town Hall. Oh, that's most, awesome. The oh. most, like, sold-out preview they've ever had. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that Women on the Verge, just the subject matter itself. I mean, it's a madcap comedy, mm-hmm. but it's about women dealing with, with issues. Mm-hmm. Not just, oh, my man left me, but right. all of the things that I have to go through. Like we talked about uh, a couple of days ago about the whole abortion issue. Right. Mm. And although it's a light issue touched on women on the verge, Peppa's pregnant. Right. And she has to deal with it. And she's right. 42 years old. Right. Yeah. And, and dealing with those, you know, the anxieties of, of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So, and I think that's what draw, drew people in. Mm-hmm. Like people were cheering when Sheila, you know, sings a song, Invisible. Uh-huh. Oh, right, uh, yes. Which oh, is so God. touching. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We're going to get her on, her and her sister Anita. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you have wonderful, wonderful, you know, variant. And also talk about the diversity, diversity in age. You know, we have mm-hmm. actors who are, I think the youngest is 16, Gabriella. I think she's 16. Yes. Yeah, 16. And, um, oh, shucks, what is her name? Um, shame on me. Well, it's me Catherine, not Catherine, Catherine Ka- uh, Katie, uh, Kath- Kathy. Kathy. Uh, she's in her 60s or 70s. I, I think mm-hmm. of Catherine of Aragon. Uh-huh. I don't think of her name uh-huh. <laughs> for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But a great diversity in age. Sure. And right. all of us get along. Mm-hmm. So, and that, yeah. that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, there's no, like, weird, like, cast drama. Everybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? It's yeah, so nice. Well, well, I like haven't seen it in the – well, no, that's not true. We did see it in four – Four men in Paris. A little bit, yeah. A little. Um, but I remember as an actor being in a show where we had two divas, and oh my God, they could almost not be in the same room together, which makes it That's really ridiculous. difficult to <laughs> rehearse a show. Yeah. And it puts everybody else on pins and needles the whole uh-huh. time. You're just waiting for something and to it's go like, wrong. How can you do a good show? I feel like the audience is going to pick up on something. Yeah. I remember being so long before I was an actor and a writer, I was a stage manager, and that's how I got through college. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of, you know, that's what I did the first, you know, my first half of my career, Uh you know, in theater. A lot of these posters are when I stage manage, and I can't tell you how many times I've had to manage emotions and (laughs) people's, you know, attitudes or what what have you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to mention any shows, but they were like, man, I can't wait till I get out of here because Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be having fun and I've got a day job and I'm doing this thing for fun, but people are just driving me absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the drama is just minimal. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just worth about nothing. So it's wonderful when you do a show and there's just, there's no drama whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just having fun. We're just jumping in (laughs) and, you know, we're patting each other on the back man you did a fantastic song and and you know got a great reaction and mm-hmm. people asked me hey I, I was backstage and people are just yeah what were you doing on stage right <laughs> and i'm like well this and that and the other so w- there's great energy mm-hmm. another question i had where do you see yourself in the future do you want to go to new york do you want to go to la do you want to stay here i do want to go to new york but not go to new york to be the, the next actor on broadway yeah like, I, I just – I love New York. Mm-hmm. I went to New York for a month when I was in school, when I was down at Irvine. Mm-hmm. And they have the satellite program where it's, a, it's right. a, a training program where they go to New York for a month. And um, you're just taking master classes with people on Broadway and choreographers, um, casting directors, and, and other actors that are yeah. on Broadway right now. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the most magical experience. I learned cool. so much in that like short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people on that program. They, there was a good handful of people that absolutely hated New York. They mm. thought they were mm-hmm. going to like it. Then they get there, and they hated everything about it. Mm. Huh. Interesting. And I got there, and I was like, I've like, 
I was living close to L.A., and I don't really like L.A., mm-hmm. and born and raised in the Bay, and I've been to San Francisco a ton, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it's San Francisco, whatever. Right. So maybe I'm just not like a city person. Mm-hmm. So and I was like, but I've always wanted to go to New York, so I was like, we'll, we'll do the satellite program, see how it goes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get there, and I loved everything about it. Yay, cool. And I was like, I've never had this, mu- like, this strong of a reaction mm-hmm. to any city, really. Right. And... I was like, if I'm having this strong of a reaction, that probably means this is a place I should be at. Yeah, nice. yeah. So that's like, so that's end goal right there. Sure, is to, sure. Is to live my life in New York mm-hmm. and audition for shows. If I get yeah. to be on Broadway, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm not moving there for that. Sure. No, I totally understand. And hey, you know, you you know, you've got a lot of time, and uh, you know, you've already mm-hmm. built up a pretty good reputation. I, you know. Thank you. With with Town Hall, I don't know what other uh, what other shows have you been in prior to this. So before uh, Women on the Verge, I've so from coming back from school in August first, from mm-hmm. August first to now, mm-hmm. I've been on a streak of shows, and nice. by the end of Women on the Verge, I will have be I will have been working consistently mm-hmm. for nine months. Wow, which is insane to say and i'm like can't believe how fortunate i am that mm-hmm. i was able to do all of this fantastic work yeah mm-hmm. so right before this was uh matilda over in walnut creek at the lesser center with uh contra costa musical theater mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that overlapped with women on the verge a lot so that was that was fun yeah uh, right so and then before that i was in center reps a christmas carol mm-hmm. and then before that was um what did you, you do in christmas carol I this year I was Dick Wilkins, so I was the track of Dick Wilkins, which is um, like young, like middle aged um, Ebenezer Scrooge's uh-huh. is like best friend, uh, uh-huh. business partner. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a small part in that production mm-hmm. of A Christmas Carol, but yeah, so that was fun. And the time I was in that show before, I was the ghost of. Christmas future. Mm. So that's the big scary one. Who doesn't say anything. <laughs> doesn't doesn't say anything. But the cool thing about it was that it was a huge puppet. It was like oh, nice. nine feet yep. tall. Mm-hmm. So and it like sh- sits on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so heavy and it was very hot inside of it. <laughs> yeah. But so satisfying. It was so cool. And like <laughs> the like most satisfying part mm-hmm. was walking out there and then you hear all the little kids in the audience like <laughs> scream right and you hear some kids start to cry yes and the like soft soft person inside of me is like oh poor kids but then a bigger part of me is like cry cry children cry because yes, yes. <laughs> that's what it's part of the show yeah. yeah exactly so what did you do prior to uh, christmas carol so prior to christmas carol was uh banbury cross the, the legend of banbury cross which is a fantasy forum actors ensemble show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then before that was mama mia with center rep Wow. Mm. That, yeah. No, hey, you're a man mm. on demand. That's yeah. fantastic. I, I moved back to the Bay because of Mamma Mia. Uh-huh. And oh. because I was finishing up my degree, because mm. I was finishing it over the summer. Right. And I wasn't – and after after I finished, I was like, am I going to stay down here? Like, stay in Southern California? Right. Maybe try to work in L.A.? Like, yeah. And I still had my apartment for another, like, month and a half. Mm-hmm. Or, like, no, like, two months. Yeah. And so I was going to just – I was going to finish out my lease, and and then once my lease was over, if I didn't get anything, I was going to come back up here. Right. And so – but, like, a few weeks before 
graduation or like my like final, mm-hmm. I get a I get an email from the center casting director just saying there's this project we can't say the name yet, but a person dropped and we need a replacement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh well, I wasn't even, I'm not going to be home until September, mm-hmm. so um, I'm going to miss all of the rehearsal process. And they were like, well, if you find yourself in the bay at the beginning of August, mm-hmm. do the show. And I was like, well, I don't have anything here, and nothing, mm-hmm. nothing's right. keeping me here. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll go back to the bay. I'll do it. So yeah. So then I, the fun story about that was that I had my final on a Wednesday, and I had rehearsal for a Mamma Mia on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So Wednesday, I finished packing up my entire apartment. Right. Shoved it all in my tiny little car, uh-huh. and then Thursday morning drove up. Um, drove the six hours back right. to the bay yeah. and got to my parents' house, took a nap, woke up, went to rehearsal, and then that started that. Wow. <laughs> and nonstop ever since. Man. No, no, that is fantastic. Had you been at Center Rep before? Uh, only with the Christmas Carol because I was in a Christmas Carol like two years prior. Oh, okay. Because I got mm-hmm. cast in that before I went down to Irvine. Right. So, right. And then with, with uh, Christmas Carol, once you get cast in it, you're in it right, year you're after in, you're year. You're part of the thing, yeah. Yeah, you're part of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. I wanted to ask about, because you work with kids, and I wanted to yes. get that in. So what do you do? That's your day job, right? That is my day job. So I work at Lorraine Fender's The Ballet School Performing Arts over in Walnut Creek. Mm-hmm. And I am a voice, piano, and acting teacher for young children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for the acting classes, it's for kids like 10 and under. Mm-hmm. So anywhere, f- so we have a three to four year old class of five to six wow. and a seven to ten group. Mm-hmm. So which those are so much fun, and the acting. So that's the acting classes, mm-hmm. and then for the voice and piano private lessons, um, I mainly teach the like twelve and under kids mm-hmm. because that's more of my specialty. Sure. So I I do have like a fifteen year old, and mm-hmm. but that's like my like age cap like right. i don't go past that mm-hmm. so i can if i have the clientele but the clientele is like right teaching six-year-olds how to play the piano mm-hmm. right. Like, right right that's fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> no that's wonderful that's wonderful and the kids are very receptive i mean they are yeah. i i when t- in teaching the kids i try to make sure everything is really fun sure and because art music is is really fun mm-hmm. no matter what the instrument is yeah mm-hmm. And and I think music is accessible to everyone. Yeah. So having uh, having these kids learning piano, I'm just always stressing that it's fun. Like we're mm-hmm. having a fantastic time, and yeah. the kids are laughing. They they are really receptive to it because I keep them laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a quick question for you, Norman, because we've had mm-hmm. several. I would say seventy or seventy five percent of the actors that we've had on the Yay, they have day jobs teaching kids. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah. we, we've run into a lot of people. <laughs> a lot yeah. of them, and I'm wondering if there's a co- if there's a, a connection between arts and and uh, kids and and just um, using arts to nurture kids. I, I mean, yeah, but uh, or do you think it's big, just a job? Go no, ahead. well, no, no, no. I don't <laughs> think it's just a job. Um, and I know for myself, I wanted something that was connected to theater. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was not willing to go work someplace else. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there are people who are amazing teachers, yeah. and that's what they are, mm. and they aren't. You know, the performance thing, you know, maybe there is a coaching side to what they're doing, so they're helping somebody to get there, but they 
can focus on skills yeah and just be in that safe little bubble mm-hmm. which is nice you know and that's great for them but it's a different animal yeah and then there are other yeah. people who you know you just luck into a lot of these jobs i mean like a lot of the colleges will have like um what is it called the art institute um mm-hmm. art institute in san francisco the yeah. um um they have a theater program and a film program, but I've talked to more than a couple of people who have taught there. In fact, a good friend of mine was teaching mm-hmm. there at one point, and when they didn't call her again after a couple of times, she was totally fine with it. Yeah. Because you've got <laughs> these scared artists that you're suddenly saying, no, you're going to get up and you're going to do theater, and they're just required to get some – they have some breath requirements, so they're doing something outside of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. and that's all they're feeling. Yeah. Right. And when you're in that job, yeah, it is much more about just getting paid. You aren't serving the art. What I've found being in situations like that is it re- makes me – work hard to think about what's underneath it so that it isn't about mm-hmm. doing theater. It's yeah. about what is that underlying structure. That's the thing I'm teaching somebody. That's what I'm giving somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, because I, the only time that I've really taught kids was when uh, I had a summer job at, while I was in and out of NYU. Like, you know, when I finished a uh, summertime, I would come back to D.C. Mm-hmm. and teach for the Howard University Children's Theater. Right. But as a kid... Some of the best teachers I had incorporated theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember right. hating English right. until <laughs> one teacher is like, hey, we're going to work on Jack London's um, To Build a Fire. Uh-huh. And uh, I had an assignment where I recited, I had a tape recorder and I recited the, uh, the, the pages of the book. Right. And while I played the tape recorder, I actually acted out what was going on. Basically, uh-huh. the guy froze to death <laughs> right. trying to build oh. a fire. Oh. But he incorporated that. He was like, "Hey, you know, let's act it out. Right. Let's make, t- you know, let's make it into Bring life. It to life. Bring yeah. it to life." Mm-hmm. And those are some of the best teachers and the best yeah. way of just uh, bringing out the uh, imagination in children. Right. And I think one of the most important thing with teaching kids right mm-hmm. now, and especially when they are. Five, six, seven, yeah. like under right. ten, mm-hmm. because there's not a whole lot of technique you can work right. on, right. Yeah. because their voice is going to change later, right. and they're young, so it's really hard to teach them discipline. Yeah, exactly. So it's like just laying the foundation for that, and but also laying the foundation of like getting them to make a circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've talked about that. <laughs> a circle, a straight line. Those are the oh, hardest yes. things. Oh. <laughs> But it's but it's really like teaching kids that this is universal. Yeah. What mm-hmm. you're learning here, if mm-hmm. you're taking a voice lesson, this goes into your just everyday speaking. Right. You right. are a more confident speaker in just life. Mm-hmm. So in taking these acting classes helps you learn how to just like survive off of your impulse. Like right. you can yes. you can make choices and mm-hmm. if you're gonna make a choice, just go with that choice. Yeah. Don't second guess yourself when you've already made the choice right so yeah there's a lot there's lots of great life lessons Mm -hmm. yeah that these kids don't realize that they're getting yeah but that's like really what we're stressing no that's that's one of the joys right yeah knowing that okay yeah i'm serious as hell about theater but i'm not worried about you all becoming you know Mm -hmm. robert de niro's exactly (laughs) exactly especially when you're when you're six you can't you can't do that a six-year-old robert de niro that's a scary concept (laughs) and another cool thing about theater or just having fun with theater with kids it builds up their confidence there are a lot of kids who are just very shy they're like oh you know no one really cares about what i say and all of a sudden they get to be a king i mean you talked about there's Mm -hmm. one um um 
uh, exercise, the, uh, what is it, the status exercise. Yeah, status I do all yeah. the time, yeah. Um, but I was thinking, I just finished a piece where um, kids performed about a month ago, uh, Mother Road, which okay. is up at Ashland. Yeah. And um, I knew who I thought could act and who couldn't act. But there was one of the kids who I didn't think was going to be much of an actor was such a hard worker. And oh. so when we got to performance, Mr. walked on stage and was so focused. <laughs> and on he never missed a cue. He, his lines were perfect. And every oh, little bit of that. acting that I tried to squeeze out of him, he gave me that and more. Wow. So I'm like, yay, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Whereas the kids that had the meaty roles – I was beating them up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to make sure that they got their lines and got things together right. and found these beats and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just needed to happen. So yeah. I love being in that situation where it's like, okay, I am not, again, I'm not expecting you to be a little Robert De Niro, but when you find <laughs> your comfort zone, yeah. suddenly you do start bringing that little extra something. You bring that like, life to it. Oh, my God. I was so <laughs> happy. Yeah. And your oh. dad walked up to me afterwards and I was like, I kind of love your son. I really wasn't <laughs> expecting it. <laughs> no, that that is wonderful. Yeah. No, go ahead, Keaton. Oh, I was just going to say, like, that's, that's like, one of my favorite parts about teaching mm-hmm. is when it gets to that performance day, it gets to that recital day, it gets to, it gets to that point, and you see the kids just go from that, they have that extra elevation because they have that audience there or mm-hmm. whatever it is, and you just, you've been with them for this entire process, and you see them you see some of the kids working really hard, and then right. you have the other group of kids that they're just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. But the kids that were working really hard, and you, they're like every single day, and then we get there, right? And they just like really live it, and they're mm-hmm. really just in that moment. Oh, it's the best! Yeah, it's the best. Well, and then when the parents come up and say, "I've never seen that out of him or yeah. her," you're like, "Yeah, I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> <laughs> We worked. We got there. Yeah, no, uh, that is fantastic. wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful hearing things like that. Um, we've hit the one-hour mark. Yeah, so, wow. um, shout-outs, birthdays. We've done I, the birthdays I, I already. I going to do shout-outs <laughs> or birthdays. I, wouldn't, I do want to report back on Paper Raincoat because yes. that's what I just okay. – So, Paper Raincoat is a new musical. Um, it's part of the Musical Cafe, which is a sort of sub-thing under Play Cafe. They do new works. Okay. Uh, they really focus on working with the writers. Um, play cafe, uh, musical cafe. They decided to go big this year and actually pick one piece and say, "Yeah, we're going to do a concert read of your piece. Mm. We're going to pay musicians and we're going to give you rehearsal time with your That's actors, cool. and we're going to really put this thing up on its feet." And so I had been part of the early workshops, so I was kind of curious to see what that next stage is. And it's hard. We were talking about it off mic. It's hard because with I know I direct a lot of uh, new musicals, uh, not mu- new works. Mm-hmm. I stay away from musicals. <laughs> I'll do it as an actor, but no, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, to create all that. It's just, it's a lot. It's you a really lot. have to have a lot going mm-hmm. on in your head. So, but even then, when I'm just doing straight shows, I know that I have to limit the amount of power that I give to the actors. Because when we do the performance, you're going to have a script in hand. And unless you're somebody who just goes home and lives with this thing until performance day, right. you are probably not going to be really off book. Right. So I need you to not act as if you are off book because it's gonna, <laughs> you're going to get lost. That's, I see it happen all the time. You yeah. start acting and then you have to stop 
to find your place. Right. I'd rather you just dial it back a little bit and stay on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, with music, it adds in that extra element, and that's what I was looking at. I was saying you mm-hmm. know, er- earlier that there was the one actor, this one older actor, who was able to play three roles, really differentiate the characters, understood the music, knew how to work the mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sitting on the back row changing. So one character is sort of like Mr. Rogers, a little bow tie character. Yeah. One character is a vest, and then he added a hat to for the other guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he also changed his physicality, and vocally he changed what was going on. So the one boss guy didn't sound like the other boss guy at all. Like the other boss guy didn't sound like a singer. <laughs> It was wild, and so I was happy to see it. It's a beautiful little story of a husband and wife. Uh, the wife is very rigid. Um, she's lived a very nine-to-five kind of existence hmm. in reaction to her father, who was a crazy scientist. Oh. And uh, that's where the paper raincoat comes from. At one point when she was a child, he came home with this paper raincoat. She complains about it, and then later <laughs> you find out more mm-hmm. about what he was doing. Yeah. Um, so it's that stuff relationship, and then as she he dies, and she starts to rediscover some stuff. When she goes through his stuff, oh. she finds a notebook. She had been a writer. She had given up that dream. So she recaptures that dream, but that starts to cause some tension in her now relationship. Mm. Because her present relationship is a guy who married a very nine to five kind of woman, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and now she's getting a little kooky, and she's also rediscovering her father, her late father, and, and she's yeah. learning more about him. And that's when I I love. After we did the first read, there was a lot of feedback. I played the father, and there mm-hmm. was a lot of feedback about wanting more for the father. What they did that was smart was they just let us let us hear her talk more about him in ways negative, and then. As she was discovering, you know, more of herself, it was yeah. through this connection with the father. So when he finally, the ghost appears, it's, you want it. It's a very satisfying moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody kept begging for more. And I'm like, no, this means as the writer, you have done your job. We are exactly. in love with that character, yeah. but that's not the story. So don't get lost. <laughs> it's almost Do a, a sequel. Yeah. It's, it's, almost a ben, it's almost a Ben Kenobi, an Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. moment. It, it, it is exactly <laughs> that character. Yeah. You, so that they finally could do the yeah. young, you know, a movie about the young Obi-Wan sure. because you've been hearing uh-huh. about uh-huh. him from the first moment of the first yeah. film. <laughs> and, and the cool thing about the musical cafe and, and you know, just doing the paper raincoat, I'm sure that um, Amber Rubarth enjoyed the fact that she could hear it. I mean, because yeah. a lot of these writers, and actually did a musical as well. I um, know, you Nia. did. Nia. And, um, I'm looking for you to do more there. Yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes the the sh- the shelf life of of a, of a right. play only lasts so much. But hearing it, hearing you know, like you know, a writer usually lives in their head. Right. When you can have actors just jump in, and uh, they may have a script in their hands, but mm-hmm. you can hear the voices, you can he- hear them sing the music. Mm-hmm. It just it fulfills them and it, it propels the 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 artist along. And, uh, you know, a show can grow and all of a sudden producers are like, oh, wow, I'm not just reading it on paper. I can actually hear well, it. And it's uh, Richard Jennings, who kind right. of runs a musical cafe, is really talking to these folks about mm. where they would go next with it. Yeah. Mm. Giving exactly. them some, pointing them towards some resources. And I'm like, that's the other thing that really doesn't happen with new work very often. That's exactly right. You do that right. read and everybody's like, this is an exciting play. Who's going to produce it? And everybody in the room looks at you like, what are you talking right, about? exactly. <laughs> I don't happen to have a straight $50,000. Right. Just flying around. So I, I would invite anyone who is trying to get into, um, who is a singer, who is a, um, a musician, 
or who may have you know uh, uh, a musical in their heads, mm-hmm. check out the musical cafe, and we've we've plugged them wonderful. before, and yeah. we'll plug yeah. them yeah. again. Yeah. So that that was that's my feedback, not shout out. Yeah, uh, I have I have a quick shout out. Um, so I mentioned Carolyn Doyle, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of mine who was in financial uh, straits, and uh, we had put up a uh, Susan Evans had put up a GoFundMe campaign. Yes. For mm-hmm. Carolyn, who was an actress who had lost her job, and uh, she she has a son who is developmentally disabled, yes. mm-hmm. and she was looking for uh, funding. Well, I have good news uh, via they Carolyn herself. Yeah. The funding goals have been made. Her yeah. rent is paid, yeah. and I'll just read That's a little fantastic. bit. I'll read a little bit of what she had said. I'm, I'm quoting. Thank you. It means the world to me. Thank you for being a part of this and helping to give me the time to recover. Yeah, she had she had surgery, right, and her yes, surgery yeah. mm-hmm. was um, successful. Uh, back to Carolyn. She says, uh, quote, I will never forget the experience. I may rethink or retool my career choices moving forward, but no worries. I won't go to work for Enron or anything. <laughs> yeah. And even though I can't possibly repay the debt of gratitude, I will pay it forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay. And she talks. Uh, she talks yeah. about just the theater community coming together mm-hmm. and helping someone. I mean, I've seen Carolyn on stage many, many times. Uh-huh. She even produced a one woman musical. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when as you were saying, Keaton, you know, sometimes you're just actors and you just, you know, you do your thing and then you just go home. Right. Uh-huh. But sometimes you actually form friendships right. forever. Yeah. yeah. And form a bonding. And Carolyn hadn't been on stage in a long time. Actually, she participated in a reading for you, right? No, she did a show for me. Oh, okay. Holy cow! Yeah, the first, um, the first, we had a residency at Mills College at mm-hmm. a small company, Oakland Public Theater, and we did a residency there. And our first show was Run Perfectly Still, and I was thrilled when she accepted the role. She and Elizabeth played the leads, mm-hmm. and she, it was kind of balanced. Yeah. Um, but um, but the. Her character was the historical figure that the play was based on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, woman, she was the wife of a rice plantation owner in South Carolina, I want to say. Um, uh-huh. And she had extensive journals. So historically, uh-huh. this woman is very well known. Oh, um, and cool. um, the playwright took that and sort of explored what it was like for this one slave who stayed with her through, you know, the, the destruction of the South. Wow. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. there, and Elizabeth played that character. So it was kind of a neat balancing act, and they were they were fantastic. And I got to I, – I learned that there's stuff I can get away with as a director, and it makes me so happy because I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not being <laughs> indulgent or um, abusive. But uh, we decided we are going to do the show. And the theater had built a thrust stage in front of the original proscenium. Mm-hmm. And they even had like a light grid right over that. And then after they told us we could do our show, they said, oh, this summer we're ripping out the thrust. And so we're going to go back to the old proscenium. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. And I had to rethink the show. And it just – it. I decided that I wasn't going to say anything to anybody about it, and I didn't. Um, I directed the show. I blocked it. I staged it all out, and I figured out where I wanted things. And then I didn't tell them (laughs) until right before performance. So if you imagine a square, and the audience is on one side of that square, Uh I took that square, and I turned it to a diamond. (laughs) And... All the staging that we had done, I said, it doesn't change anything. The furniture is going to be in the same place. I want you to configure off that. All I want you to do is stay open 
to that angle that you haven't been playing to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I, lo- I can see that. Oh. I can visualize it. Oh, they they all but mutinied the night I made them do it. And I said, I tell you what, could you please just try it tonight mm-hmm. just so we can see what it looks like and see how it feels, and then we'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And they the did it, and I was able to, you know, honestly, sincerely rave that it worked because there was a sort of surrealist sort of realistic quality to the piece. Mm-hmm. And, but I also knew I had actors who were solid enough mm-hmm. that right. they could make that adjustment, and yeah. they did. They, yeah. were, they were fantastic. Elizabeth Carter and, uh, and Carolyn Doyle. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was a great team. So I'm glad that Carolyn, she is, she's doing okay, and she says thank you for everyone who contributed. Yay! Uh, there are two other shows. We've been plugging Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Right. That opened uh, this past weekend, mm-hmm. and it closes mm-hmm. July the 22nd at the Town Hall. Yes. Uh, two July? I'm sorry, June. That, uh, June, 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 June. <laughs> I didn't uh, think I had much time. I no, 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 get June, off my June 22nd. Yeah. Um, also, there are two other shows uh, along with the ones that I've been pushing beforehand. Z-Space is doing Ripped, written by Rachel Bublitz and directed oh, by Lisa Steidler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is through Z-Space. This is, this is intense. Yeah. And it opened May the 22nd. It closes June the 15th. And uh, Crystal Piamonti Jong, who was a guest on the Yay, mm-hmm. former Bindle Stiffer, she is in the show. And I had texted her over the weekend, and she has turned equity. So she made the leap. Uh-huh. I was going to ask you that. Keaton, have you thought about jumping to equity? I've thought about it, and my answer is I'm not going to do it anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it can prevent you from getting jobs, unfortunately, right. here in the mm. Bay. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't feel like I'm at a point in my career yet that I'm that I need something like that. Yeah. I'm still in the the place of st- of people getting to know me. Sure. No, so, that makes sense. And if I was to be equity that cuts out a lot of people. Yeah. So right. there's yeah. a lot of people yeah. I don't get to meet. Right. Let them get to know you first. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're building up your resume. I, you know, right. I, I don't think it'll be long. I mean, you know, like I said, you're, you're very great. You have a good talent. So mm-hmm. I think it'll. Thank you. All good things will happen in time. <laughs> uh, one other show that I wanted to, uh, to push, uh, Shotgun Players is doing Kings, written by Sarah Burgess, directed by John McBrien. Mm. Uh, Joni or John? Joni. You're right. Joni McBrien. Um, oh, shoot. I might have to get off my butt and see that. <laughs> no, Joni is amazing. Joni is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, here's a just quick description. Uh, new member of Congress, Sidney Millsaps, Millsap, sees how money corrupts politics, and she's on a mission to do something about it. Just imagine how a career senator and two ambitious lobbyists react to her efforts. Kings is a whip-smart political satire that will inspire you to change the system and vote. <laughs> so there wow. you go, Kings. And um, that sounds good. Yeah, it sounds very, very good. And how long is it running? It's running May the sixteenth. I'm sorry. Yeah, May, it opened May the sixteenth. It closes June the sixteenth. Oh. Uh, I've got another one that closes June the sixteenth. Anna considers Ooh. Mars. This is part of uh, the Playgrounds um, Festival uh-huh. of New Works that's happening right now. Uh, so it's in repertory with another play. <laughs> you think I would get the title of that play so I could say it? But I, I <laughs> Ruben Grijalva has been on with us, and I've seen mm-hmm. others of his work. He's an amazing young man. This is a fun production, and it runs through June sixteenth. You have to look it up on Playground to see what the schedule is exactly because mm-hmm. it's one of those schedules where they'll get like a Thursday and a Friday and mm-hmm. then not have the Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Day <laughs> and yeah, text me the link and then we'll put the link up on the, uh, the thing there. 
All righty. We have, t- we have tapped you out. <laughs> Keaton, I hope you had a wonderful time. I had a fantastic time. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's a Monday evening, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm just – because people don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time on their weekdays, <laughs> week week evenings or whatever. So we're, we're very thankful that you came out. All righty. Here's my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple podcast on all iPhones and iPads, really any app that you listen to your podcasts, you can find us. If you're an old stogie like me, you can uh, and you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop. You can click on iTunes while iTunes is still around because Apple just <laughs> yeah they just announced today that should have been in current events. yeah yeah that's you know Apple is phasing iTunes out is iTunes gone. Yeah. Well, not gone but it's yeah they're they're, they're about to say good, yeah they're phasing yes. it out I'm sure there will be but they, I think how they, are people gonna get their music what the heck's I, gonna I happen well I think they're breaking up the they have the music oh that's right the they're podcast. gonna call it yeah. something yeah yeah so. Mm. If you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop, when Apple rolls out their podcast app on the desktop, you can listen to us there. If you still have iTunes, you can go to iTunes, click on store, go on the upper right-hand side, search for the A, and you'll find us. If you're an Android user, you can go on SoundCloud.com or just download the SoundCloud app, and you will find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you want to... If you, Want to advertise yourself? Show it you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Norman's laughing because I'm doing this in my memory, and of course I'm tripping up over myself already. <laughs> anyway, Keaton, uh, do you have a um, uh, Instagram, Snapchat? I have. Twitter. I have Instagram. I do have Instagram. Okay. So, and my Instagram is Keaton underscore Wilkerson. Keep it really simple. Hey. All right. Typing it up right now. So, for folks, if you're lis- if you're looking for a singer, a fantastic actor, um, you can hit up Keaton. And uh, yeah, Thank yeah, you, you may be booked. You may have something. Do you have something going on after this? I don't. Okay. I. <laughs> you get to well, take I think a break. you probably burned yes. out if you've been doing I'm all of this. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm not going to say the the B word mm-hmm. uh, because whenever I say that, right. there's always something else out there that's like waiting to yeah. snatch me. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just going to say that I don't have a show that's mm-hmm. coming immediately after this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> yes, but if, like I said, if you're looking for a fantastic vocalist, a fantastic actor, a great presence on stage, you got to hit up Keaton Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. And we, we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. And we are out.